Yo, what's up? Scrap up your cleats, let's get it. I'm Jay, and you're listening to The Gridiron. We gonna get this thing kicked off. Gridiron fans, football fans, it's that time of the year. We back at it. Week one, let's get it kicked off with some of the scores. We had the Bills at the Rams, 31-10. The Eagles beat the Lions, 38-35. You had the Bears defeating the 49ers. That was a surprise, 19-10. You had the Steelers defeating the Bengals, 23-20. You had the Dolphins mollywhopping the Patriots, 20-7. You had the Browns sliding past the Panthers, 26-24. You had the Colts and the Texans finishing in an overtime tie. Uh, that was surprising, 20-20. You had my Saints defeating them stinking Dirty Birds, 27-26 in a comeback victory. Uh, you had the Ravens defeat the Jets 24-9. You had the Commanders defeat the Jaguars 28-22. You had the Vikings beat the Packers 23-7. You had the Giants defeat the Titans 21-20 after a missed kick. Um, you had the Chargers defeating the Raiders 24-19. You had the Chiefs just dismantling the Cardinals 44-21. And then you had the Buccaneers doing what pretty much probably everybody's going to do to the Cowboys this year, beating them 19-3. Dak was injured in that game. Um, It's looking like he's going to miss, I want to say they say anywhere between six to eight weeks or something like that. But let's keep it real. Dak was already playing bad before he got hurt. I don't think that would have – his injury – and that game didn't make much of a difference. They was always going to lose that game. Then you had the Seahawks beating the Broncos 17-16 to um, to finish the week off. Now, let's see how I did on my picks um, through the week. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say I definitely didn't see the Seahawks beating the Broncos. I don't think nobody did. Uh, the Broncos got some things to tighten up. Definitely got punched in the mouth. Seahawks definitely wanted this kind of reminiscent of what we seen the Falcons uh, out of the Falcons and the Saints where uh, one side really, really was going out with something to prove and uh, went out there and did it in this case with the Seahawks. Uh, So I definitely didn't see that. Uh, Of course, I had the Cowboys losing. So that's one and one. Uh, Pick the Chief. The Chiefs and the Cardinals game, right? Uh, I want to say, yeah. I want to say I picked the Chargers and the Raiders game, right? With the Chargers winning. Uh, definitely didn't see the Giants beating the Titans. Um, that's cra- That's definitely crazy. So, that was two. Um, didn't see the Packers losing like, like that in the fashion that they lost. Um, so, that was three, surprisingly. Um, got the Commanders and the Jags. The Ravens and the Jets got that right. Got the Saints and the Falcons. Um, I didn't call any ties this week. Didn't see any ties. Uh, definitely um, didn't see the Colts and the Texans ended up in the tie. Uh, got the Browns game right. Uh, believe I got the, the Dolphins game right. Definitely didn't see the Steelers beating the Bengals or the Bears. 
Uh, I ain't gonna lie, man. I kind of, I, I had a crazy week, man. And that, that was all. That was some off picks right there. Definitely had some things that I didn't see go right. Well, I couldn't foresee happening. Um, wow, Forty Nine er fans, how do y'all feel about Trey Lance? It's just one game. Um, let's take a look at actually what he did. Uh, in just one game, man. Uh, now it was a tsunami, um, but Trey Lance actually ended up going 13 to 28 for 164 yards in a pick. Actually, I believe it was a pick six. He rushed the ball, had 13 carries for 54 yards. Um, Debo Sanders had eight carries for 52 yards. Mitchell, who's going to be out for a little while, had six carries for 41 yards. Um, their top receiver was Jennings with 62 yards. And the second receiver was uh, Ayuk with two catches for 40 yards. <clears throat> I mean, get a dude a little time. I say give him a little time. Um, yeah. But that definitely, I definitely didn't see this game playing out like that. Justin Fields on the other side went 8 of 17 for 121 yards. This dude actually completed eight passes for 121 yards. Had two touchdowns, one interception. Um, had another 11 carries for 28 yards. That leading rusher was Herbert with nine carries for 45 yards and a touchdown. Didn't see that one, man. Didn't I definitely couldn't have, couldn't have seen that. Actually, I didn't even see that Lions in that Eagles game being as close as it was. Shout out to the Lions for keeping it competitive in a 38-35 uh, ball game. But it just goes to show y'all, like, y'all know my saying, man. Any given Sunday, any of these te- teams can win. Uh, all of these people are paid professional athletes. Um, some just perform better than others. Uh, some perform better than others a lot more times than not, should I say. But they're all professional athletes. Um, and my dog, my dog Joe Burrow, Joe Busy, had a rough one. Um, 33 of 53 for 338 yards. Had two touchdowns and four interceptions, man. Just a rough, man. I don't know. They got to do something about that offensive line. They got they got to get it together. Uh, just got banged up. You feel me? Burrow rushed the ball six times for 47 yards. Mixes had 27 carries for 82 yards. Uh, Jamar Chase was the leading, was the leading wide receiver, of course, with 10 catches for 129 yards and a touchdown. Um, speaking of Jamar Chase, who would you guys say is the better of the wide LSU wide receivers? Or let me rephrase that. So, out of the LSU wide receivers that's come out of LSU in the last 10 years, who would you guys say will have the the best career? Whether that's Jarvis Landry, who's with the New Orleans Saints right now, Odell Beckham Jr., who's recovering, who's rehabbing from injury right now, Super Bowl winning Odell Beckham, should I say. Um, you got Jamar Chase. You got Justin Jefferson. Uh, I know you got a few more guys out there. Uh, you got your Terrence Marshalls uh, of the world. Uh, you got a few more people out there. But let's just let's just go with those guys right now. So if you had to say 
out of Jamar Chase. Well, let's start with let's start with the overheads first. Uh, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, uh, Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. Who would you guys say would have the better career when it's all said and done? Now, let's not be prisoners of the moment of what's going on, but we do have to take into account what's going on right now. But we also have to take into account what's been done. Let's remember Jarvis Landry uh, broke the record with receptions in, in his first three seasons. I forget what it was. Um, he held that record until Michael Thomas came along and broke it. Um, what it was? Some kind of crazy stuff. I forget it if it was over 100 catches each of his first three seasons in the NFL. Uh, it was something something along that line. Uh, but Michael Thomas, I believe Michael Thomas came in and broke that record. Um, you got Odell, uh, who came in and had one of the craziest catches in history, probably one of the best catches, clutches catches in history. Uh, Multiple-time pro bowler. Um, just recently won the Super Bowl. Um, had he not <clears throat> had he not got injured, many say he was on his well well on his way to winning not only the Super Bowl but winning Super Bowl MVP, which I really think he was on the way to doing. Um, then you got Jamar Chase. You got Jamar Chase who out here, you know what I'm saying, doing his thing, making making uh, these real NFL live games look like Madden games, making that thing look like Madden 23 and stuff, you know what I'm saying? You got Justin Jefferson out here taking these boys' ankles, uh, killing them on the routes, racking up fantasy point numbers, uh, and this is is starting to be a trending thing uh, with these two young guys in Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, and Jamar Chase, who also, let's not, let's not discount what he's done. Uh, and been able to do um and we i mean if you was to look let's be honest if you was to count and include college then you probably it would probably be easy in my eyes to go ahead outright and just say probably jamar chase can probably sit up there and compete and sit definitely sit at the table and say stake out his claim already now he still has a lot of work to put in, but my they follow me for a second. Follow me for a second. Um, and when you look at college, dude, one bit, uh, best wide receiver ran away with it, broke multiple records, and all of that. Then, um, already in this first couple of years, he's he's been able to to go to a Super Bowl and came right there, right came right there to winning a Super Bowl. Um, and it's 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 taken. Odell quite a while to reach that point. He's finally um, reached the pinnacle where he's been able to win a Super Bowl. Um, but Odell also has been on, let's see, one, two, three, three teams. Um, not to knock Odell and all of that, but if we're going to compare and add all of this stuff up. Uh, so Jamar Chase, in my opinion, has a trajectory, I believe, to at least be the same or better than at this point what we've seen Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry now um, still has a lot of work to put in um, 
But if I'm just looking out, that's what I'm I'm projecting Jamar Chase to finish a little better. Um, statistically wise, anyway, than um, Jarvis and Odell. Justin, I believe, also is interesting because I think all of these dudes are all-time great. Uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, uh, definitely Odell definitely probably going to end up going to the, the hall one of these days. I, I'm not going to sit up here and say what uh, what ballot he's going to be, but I definitely believe he's going to be. I believe Jarvis will also have an opportunity to get in there. Has to just hopefully we can um, tighten that resume up a little bit for him and get him a Super Bowl also. Uh, at least get in one. Uh, but I said all of that to say, man, I think I think Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson have the ability to be all-time great. Uh, I don't really want to pick. I don't really want to pick. I know I said Jamar Chase, but I mean, that's... That's easier said than done. Knock on wood for my boys and all of that. Either one of them can go out tomorrow or have career-ending injuries. We're not hoping for that, but we've also seen what Odell and Jarvis been able to do uh, to that point. So, I mean, I guess it's whatever your cup of tea is. You feel me? Let's move on. Let's move on, man. Uh, who that nation, man? Let's talk a little bit. Let's talk a little bit about this game, bro. And what the hell did we just see? Uh, week one. Let's first of all let's break down the stats. As I mentioned before, the Saints won twenty-seven to twenty-six against the Falcons. Um, Jameis Winston went twenty-three or thirty-four for two hundred sixty-nine yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. Taysom Hill led the team in rushing with four carries for eighty-one yards, average twenty point two. Yards of carry had one touchdown. A lot of that came from, um, I believe it was like a 50, 56 yard uh, carry. Uh, he sealed it off with a touchdown. Alvin Kamara had nine carries for 39 yards, average 4.3 yards of carry. Uh, I believe he did leave the game with a apparent rib injury. Uh, not too sure what's going on with that. We had to uh, keep a close eye on that, especially with what's going on this week. Mark Ingram had four carries for 22 yards and five. He averaged five and a half yards a carry. Uh, he did have a, a turnover. Uh, I don't believe it was too detrimental, though, but he he was trying to make something out of nothing, and I think he just did a little too much right there. Jameis rounded it out with the rushing for two carries for nine yards. Uh, Jarvis led the team. Seven receptions for 114 yards. He averaged 16.3 yards a catch. Michael Thomas was second with five receptions for 57 yards, average 11 and a half uh, yards a catch with two t- tutties, two crucial tutties, clutch tutties. Uh, Jawan Johnson had two catches for 43 yards, and he averaged 21 and a half yards a catch. Olave in his first start, his first NFL action, um, had three catches for 41 yards, and it was basically 13.7 yards a catch. Kamara had three catches for seven. Hardy had one catch for four. Hill had one catch for two. Ingram had one catch for one yard. Werner led the team with 13 tackles. Uh, Marcus May had eight tackles, one assist. Tyron had five tackles and two assists. Um, 
Demario Davis had five tackles. Cam Jordan had five tackles. Bradley Ruby had five tackles. Amazingly, amazingly, we actually didn't sack. Uh, we didn't sack Mariota. Uh, Will Lutz went two or three from the field goals for a grand percent of 66.7% with a loans of 51. Blake Gilligan was clutch. Had five kicks, averaging 54 and a half uh, yards a kick. Had one inside the 20. You feel me? Let's see what the Falcons managed to do. Mariota went 20 of 33 for 215 yards. No passing touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, Cordell Patterson was the first player in 20-some-odd games to be able to rush for over 100 yards on the Saints. Well, well over 100 yards. Had 22 carries for 120 yards, five and a half yards of carry, had one touchdown. Mariota had 12 carries for 72 yards, averaging six yards of carry and one touchdown. Uh, Williams had two carries for seven yards. Both the Williams had a grand total of four carries for nine yards. Drake London was the best receiving target with five catches for 74 yards, averaging 14.8 yards of catch. Zacchaeus had four catches for 49 yards. Hodge had three catches for 38 yards. Kyle Pitts was held to two catches for 19 yards. Cordell Patterson had three catches for 16 yards. The defense was led by Hawkins, who had five catches. I mean, I said five catches. Five tackles and one assist. Uh, Walker had one sack. Grady Jarrett had one and a half sacks. Bikiti had one sack. Uh, Carter had a half a sack. Uh, definitely did their thing on our offensive line. Uh, Young Wei went four or five for a grand total of 80%. Had a long of 54. Uh, his, longest kick, his longest kick was 54 yards. The punter, Bradley Pena, had four kicks, averaging 45 yards a kick. Had two inside the 20. The Saints had 385 total yards, 234 passing yards, 151 rushing yards, and they averaged 6.8 yards a play. The Falcons had 416 total yards, 215 passing yards, 201 rushing yards, and they averaged 5.9 yards a play. The Saints had 18 first downs. They went 4 of 13 on third down. 0 0 on fourth down, and they had a grand total of 57 plays. They allowed four sacks, they punted the ball five times, had eight penalties for 99 yards, lost the fumble from Mark Ingram. We didn't throw any interception, we had a grand total time of possession of 26 minutes and 16 seconds. The Falcons had 26 first downs, they went 5 of 13 on third down. Didn't go for it on fourth down. They had 71 total plays, no sacks, punted the ball four times, had eight penalties for 55 yards. They lost two fumbles, didn't throw no interceptions, and they had the ball for 33 minutes and 44 seconds. Now, let's get to it. How are we going to break this down? Uh, Let's see what. First of all, what do I want to impact this? Because a lot of stuff happened in this game, man. That game was so crazy. So... Let's start with what I I liked first. 
What I liked was, first of all, let's look at the narratives that the Saints had going on. Um, new head coach, first, well, not first time. Uh, new head coach and Dennis Allen replacing legendary Sean Payton. You got Jameis Winston coming back, getting back under center for the first time since he was injured uh, last year, starting the season. Then we got Michael Thomas coming back for the first time in like two, three years or whatever it was. Um, There's a lot of stuff going on, man. A lot of stuff going on. Uh, And with all of that being said, a lot of stuff ain't been pointed. A lot of people didn't know. uh, The casual onlooker didn't know on the defensive side of the ball, um, something that I noticed right away, uh, Paulson, Paulson Adebo actually didn't play. I think that was huge. Um, it's going to be huge moving, moving forward, definitely coming into this week, going up against the, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but I think the things that I like the most from this team is they show poise and they show character. Uh, as the game was going along, the Saints got down, I believe, 26 to 10. And as the, the reporter and the commentator was saying that, you know, they had spoke to several Saints players on the sideline and things of that nature, that their their mindset was that they they not panic, they're not afraid, they're not anything. You know what I'm saying? They're just locked in the moment on what they had to do. Uh, nobody's panicking and worrying about this or that they just worrying about going out there and executing the next play to the best of their ability and that that told me everything I needed to know because right after that I believe the Saints actually went down was going down and was scoring a touchdown uh I liked it the fight back in the team I liked it it seemed like if you watched this game and the way it was unfolding you pretty much knew it was a couple of things that had to happen for the Saints to actually win that game. First of all, they needed they needed two touchdowns. They needed two touchdowns um, to be down 26 to 10. They, at that point, they needed two touchdowns, and they needed not only to get the two touchdowns, they needed two-point conversion or a field goal. Um, the way the game was going, obviously, as I read the stats, the Falcons was running the hell out the ball. They was running the air out the football, man. Uh, actually told it that thing. Let me see. All all said, put together. Let me see, 34, 36, 38. They carried the ball 38 times. They ran the ball 38 times for a grand total of uh, 200. Wait, yeah, 201 yards, man. I can't tell you the last time somebody's been able to do that. Maybe uh, last year against the Eagles. But as I said before, as I said before, coming into this thing, man, the Saints seems to struggle with these quarterbacks with that runner option, pick option type offense for whatever reason. These elusive quarterbacks, it seems to get our defensive line uh, trouble. Uh, but I like that going into crunch time, the, the the offense made plays. Like, they didn't make these plays for, for three, three and three quarter of the game they didn't make these plays all of a sudden uh the offense gave Jameis the time to make some 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 clutch throws the defensive line um start holding up the uh let the linebackers go and make tackles um 
everything, you know what I'm saying? Then we got a couple of bounces our way. Uh, everything kind of pretty much went, went the way we needed to go. Uh, on the offense side, side of the ball, uh, what I would say is, man, this is what I don't like. Uh, James Hurst, I can I mean, at one point, at one point, it felt like I seen everybody, maybe everybody except for the center, Eric McCoy, getting beat. And at some point in that first half, it seemed like I seen everybody on that offensive line get beat, including pro bowler uh, Ryan Ramchak getting beat. Uh, we definitely going to have to make that adjustment, man, because I'm telling you, if, if, if our offensive line played like that, for the, these next 16 games, man, it's going to be real. I don't give a damn if you got Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, uh, Antonio, uh, Antonio Gates. Uh, I don't give I don't, I don't give a hell who the hell you got over there. You can have um, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, whoever the hell you want under center. If that offensive line play like that, man, it, it, it's a, you don't give yourself a shot. You know, because a lot of times, man, this dude's hiking the ball and, and he getting his first read. If he don't throw his first read, then he getting sacked. You know what I'm saying? Um, we got to do way better than that. Uh, definitely coming up against this Buccaneers team because uh, we play like that against this Buccaneers team. No disrespect to Grady Jarrett, who's a beast. And and, and that means a lot coming from this Saints, uh, this Saints fan going to that, that South Falcons uh, whatever the hell you want to call that over there, down there in Atlanta. Um, but he's he's a hell of a player. But I believe the Buccaneers' defensive line is a little bit better um, and would be able to wreck a little more havoc on the Saints' offense given the same opportunity. Uh, I definitely believe the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers' linebackers are a lot better. Uh, believe I believe... The uh, Buccaneers secondary might be. I, I believe the the Buccaneers secondary is still questionable to me. If you, it, they can be had, they can be had. But I mean, that all depends upon the pass block. Um, you got to give people people time. So I don't know what adjustments they're going to make or what or what the hell. Um, because I know one thing for sure. The Buccaneers head coach was a defensive coordinator, just like the Saints head coach, Dennis Allen. So his specialty is coaching defenses. And you're not going to sit up here and tell me that he didn't see what the Falcons was doing. And he and and and, and at some point in his mind, he may and he may feel like what he's doing is just uh yeah, that was cool, but I I I got something a little better. But if I was him, if we if come down to game day, you know what I'm saying, and whatever I had going on didn't work, I would, you know, give a look into doing whatever the hell the Falcons was trying to do to the Saints in the first two, three quarters. You know, so the Saints definitely going to have to clean that up, get that fixed up. Uh, I really don't know what the answer to that is. Um other than getting some other help in there on that offensive line. I, uh, I, I don't, I hope 
some of those issues can be coached up. I don't know if some of that's on Jameis with the protections or or, or what. Uh, but what I'm not going to sit up here and read on Twitter and Instagram and things like that is that he's holding on to the ball. Hell no. Nah, what the hell he supposed to throw that thing in less than a, 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 mil, a, a half of a second? I mean, ain't nobody open. Wasn't nobody open. You know what I'm saying? As great as Drew Brees was at getting the ball out of his hand, uh, people has to get open. You know, you have to give people time to actually run these routes. Uh, so I definitely, that's, that, the offensive line definitely was my biggest concern coming out of that game. You know, uh, I talked to my, my boy D. He was he mentioned that the Saints going to have to keep Jameis in the shotgun a lot more. And that's quite a possibility because uh, you notice when he got into shotgun, um, a little bit of that two minute two minute offense. It seemed that the Saints got into the rhythm, which is when um, the offense actually started rolling. I believe I seen a stat where Jameis Winston's fourth quarter rating was like a ninety-four with two hundred and fourteen passing yards with two touchdowns. Man, that's impeccable. Uh, if some type of way they Pete Carmichael can some type of way into intertwine that um into the game plan for four quarters man the saints offense would be scary they would be scary uh, kind of reminds me <laughs> the saints last the saints last five minutes of offense kind of reminds me of how i play on madden hey that's a devastating offense so uh the nfl nfl world better beware if the Saints are able to install some type of offense uh, where they're running like two-minute offense, um, but in a, for four quarters, basically, uh, I think that can be real dangerous. <laughs> I would love to see that. Uh, obviously, you got to get quality plays and you got to get quality over quantity. Um, and first of all, while we're talking about Jameis, first of all, let's give Jameis his flowers. Let's give Jay his flowers. Even though I'm not, I'm, I'm not gonna toot my horn too much, but uh, that was a hell of a start for Jameis for Game One. It was a hell of a start. It's looking good for me. It's definitely not looking any worse uh, of my prediction of Jameis being the best quarterback in the NFC South um, and having an opportunity to win the uh, the MVP of the league. Definitely not looking any worse. What's scaring me is the Saints offensive line. Um, like I said, Trevor Penning, I'm, I believe he's going to be out for the duration of the season. I don't think we're going to be getting him anytime soon. Uh, only thing I can think of, of if the Saints was to bring in some type of veteran offensive lineman. Other than that, uh, I, I mean, I really don't know what they do. Uh, but we definitely got to protect Jameis. Can't have Jameis running for his life for three quarters, uh, not being being able to go through his reads. Uh, our running backs, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram. I'm going I'm, I'm to include Taysom Hill. Uh, other than Taysom Hill, uh, really couldn't really get anything going. Uh, rather, I don't know if that has something to do with the play calling or I think a lot of it had to do with the offensive line. And, and to be honest, I was talking to my boy D. The offensive line and the defensive line both just look 
sluggish. They both just look like I don't know, like I don't know what the hell I was looking at. I did, I couldn't recognize that Saints offensive line um, for the first couple of quarters. Like I couldn't believe how bad they was getting beat and dominated. So hopefully that offensive line coach, uh, Dennis Allen, them put them on notice, put them on blast, get them out there to to do some drills and some team exercises. I don't know what the hell they got to do, but they can't be out there looking like that against these Buccaneers uh, that's coming up. Definitely an important game, uh, a measuring stick of where we are going forward. Uh, So, yeah, running backs definitely got to get going. That's a big part of our offense, always have been going back to 2006 when uh, the Saints drafted Reggie Bush. We've had Darren Sproles, Pierre Thomas. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of running backs, so that's that's a big part of our offense. So we definitely have to find a way. Pete Carmichael has to find a way to get them going. Uh, offensive line just got to do better. I think a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. Uh, our defensive line, I believe, they looked as sluggish, but I don't I don't know what the game plan was as far as with dealing with Mariota. Uh, elusive um, running quarterback uh, but I'm going to be honest with that I'm going to be frank about that too that shit didn't work because obviously he ran for 70 something yards in the touchdown uh, I think I think definitely the run game should definitely be better I hope it better be better this week being that Tom Brady you don't have to worry about the threat of Tom Brady running for 70 yards uh so the linebackers and defensive line can really focus more in on um, Leonard Fournette. Now I will say this: I'm not making any excuses, but it's going—it's a rare, it's a rarity, in the, even in the NFL, for you to have a running back that's six foot three, 240 to 250 pounds, that's that's quick as hell, that can run like a wide receiver. That's a rarity. I mean, Cardell Patterson is damn near bigger than Demario Davis. I mean, pound for pound, inch for inch. You know what I'm saying? And that that's crazy. I mean, I know you got your Derrick Henrys. Uh, who else is a pretty big bag? You got Latavius Murray, but I don't even think Latavius Murray is 250 pounds. Uh, the only other one I can really think of like that, that's at least six foot three, six foot three, six foot two, and 250 pounds would be Derrick Henry. Uh, either Derrick Henry or... Uh, Probably Leonard Fournette is the only other one that I can think of right off the bat. So those three running backs are really out of 32 teams. That's the only three that I can think of. That's probably like six foot two, six foot three, and 250 pounds. They pack a wallop when they when they running that rock, man. Uh, definitely don't feel good. And if you don't believe uh, how powerful uh, Leonard Fournette is, I encourage you to go look on YouTube and look at the block that he put on Michael Parsons, who's a defensive lineman. Um, yeah, I encourage you to go look at that, man. That That's not no small human being that he knocked on his ass. Uh, so, but even even with all of that being said, Leonard Fournette coming home and everything, uh, I think the Buccaneers are going to have a few pieces missing. I don't know if that, I forget that offensive tackle name who ended up uh, hyperstending his elbow. I, I don't know if he's playing or not, but I know the, the Buccaneers have, have a lot of questions also at the the offense on the offensive line front. I don't want to hear no excuses because the Saints got questions. 
But one thing I know for sure, that defensive line actually got to eat. We got to eat, man. Uh, and I don't know, maybe that was part of the problem uh, on why the Falcons were, were able to do what they were able to do on the ground. The Saints uh, maybe looking past the Falcons in a way. A lot of people have them as the worst team this year. Um, but I'll tell you this too. And I told Daryl this and I told it, um, another guy this. I can tell that the whole offseason for the Falcons was about running the ball on the Saints. How can I tell? Because game one, these people damn near ran the ball 40 times. Um, it was intentional. Um, they put an emphasis on running the ball on the Saints. What are the Saints known for? Stopping the run, locking everything else down. Um, and you can you, you go listen to the, the Falcons head coach after the Saints game. You know, he was just proud of, yeah, we punched them in the mouth. They said, I'm tired of hearing nobody can run the ball on them in that defensive line and that defense. And, and, and we ran all over them. Uh, so I definitely think a lot of that plays a part into um, what they were able to do and kudos to them but unfortunately they do what the Falcons always do and that's blow leads and they couldn't have blew it to a better team than the black and gold uh, on top of the on top of the Cowboys losing man open that Sunday couldn't have went any better any better you know what I'm saying y'all know how I like it you know what I'm saying uh, y'all know how I like it Falcons fans, Cowboys fans was like, look, I had a Cowboys fan rooting for the Falcons. Oh, yeah. And we broke their heart. We broke their heart. And then they got their heart broke again later on in the day. Um, But yeah, definitely moving back on uh, to the Saints this week. Man. Man, man, man. I've said how big is Will Clutch? How big is Will Clutch, man? I said last year, um, not having Will Lutz cost us a couple of games. And already, his first game, he came up big and uh, was able to help us out. Um, not only, not only, for those who was wondering the impact of the players that we was missing last year, Michael Thomas and Will Clutch, already in their first game, the last, what, two or three drives the Saints had the ball, those two represented what 17 17 of the points that the Saints ended up getting was it 17 I think we went 14 yeah they represented 17 of the points that we ended up getting the two players so that's huge uh, that shows you the dividends that'll get played uh, with the players that we were missing uh, I think definitely definitely going to continue to play a huge role uh, moving forward, I think the Saints need to focus on going up against this Buccaneers team for sure. Uh, quick, short passes, quick, quick passes in in the run game. Quick passes in the run game. Uh, I think uh, we definitely cannot let Leonard Fournette have a week like he had last week, and we definitely can't let him have a week like what the uh, Falcons just had this is obviously a huge game because uh if we're able to to, to win this game right here um for a couple of reasons obviously it's a home game against a divisional rival 
who's picked to win the division, then not only uh, is it just a division rival, being that we just beat a divisional rival um, in the Falcons, if we are able to turn around and then beat the Buccaneers at home and not only go 2-0, we're going 2-0 in the um, division, um, basically being able to put an early stranglehold on the division, man, that'd be huge to go 2-0. So, I mean, you're killing two, you're killing two birds with one stone. You're starting off 2-0. You know what I'm saying? But then you're starting off 2-0 in your division, man. You couldn't... If you if you could get that for Dennis Allen, that'd be a dream scenario for any head coach, man. Uh, we're going to take a quick little break. We'll come back, talk about some of the keys um, of the game for the Buccaneers, definitely of defeating the Buccaneers for the Saints and for the Saints to defeat. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm saying all of that wrong. We're going to talk about the keys for the Saints to defeat the Buccaneers and the keys for the Buccaneers to defeat the Saints, man. Don't go nowhere. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Yo, 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 welcome back. Hope y'all still got your chin strapped up. You feel me? So, I mentioned before we went on break, um, a couple of keys to defeating Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Well, it's simple. It's simple if you're the Saints. Um, Stay, stick to who you are. Stick to who you are, man. From the very beginning, I believe that the Buccaneers just, for whatever, couldn't beat the Saints. Um, their best wide receiver in Michael Evans um, is going up against his kryptonite in Marshawn Lattimore. Um, we got defensive backs for days that can go up against that um, wide range of wide receivers they have over there. Um, unfortunately for them, Chris Godwin came back was looking good and he's going to be out for a couple of more weeks definitely going to be out against the Saints um hopefully we get um Paulson Adebo back and and that'll beef up that secondary to Limbo um sliding Bradley Roby Bradley Roby to that third that third screen slide uh but I think this is going to come down to um Tom Brady getting the ball out of his hand fast you if you've heard what Cam Jordan and all of these other defensive linemen have said, you know, time is smart, especially when he is 45. He's not going to sit there and hold that ball too long. He's going to get his out of his hand. Um, so we're looking for the, the quick check downs, the Leonard Fournette, uh, the quick outs, quick slants, and, and they're going to run the ball, man. Time ain't going to, time ain't trying to get hit. So if I'm Dennis Allen, I'm sticking to what we know. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I think we can play a, a lot of more men because, like I said, Tom Brady isn't going to too much try to run the ball or scramble. Um, we can we can play a lot of more press coverage, a lot of more tight coverage. Uh, and if we do send if we do send some pressure, we got to make sure we get them and get them down on the ground. Uh, we committed a lot of stupid bonehead penalties. I believe we had eight penalties for 99 yards. Man, we can't do that against the Buccaneers this week and expect to win uh, on the defensive side of the ball. Also on the offensive side of the ball, man, we got to, as I mentioned before, we got to clean up that offensive line, man. 
uh, wide receivers gotta gotta get do a, a better job of getting open quicker. Um, on top of on top of the offensive coordinators and the coaches gotta do better of calling a better game uh, early on and not trying to replicate what Sean would be. Sean's not there anymore. Sean being Sean Payton. Be Pete Carmichael. Um, live in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Trust your, trust, trust your guys you got on your, on the field, man. Uh, and call a game to to their strengths. Not necessarily to like what Sean would have had done in that moment or what Sean, Sean's not there. Uh, so I believe what they did against the Falcons can actually help them. You know what I'm saying? You might have a game plan to do one thing, but that's not working. Hey, man, look, let's do this. As you've seen, that was able to to salvage a game and win a game. Uh, so if that's not working, don't be afraid to go to something else. Uh, so on the offense, I definitely believe, man, we're going to definitely have to, I don't know if we're going to have to do some max uh, coverage. I definitely, I don't think we're going to be able to run the ball we're not going to be able to run the ball 50 times to win this game. Jameis is definitely going to have to put the ball in the air. He's obviously going to have to protect the ball. Uh, so my thing would be is I, I think we definitely going to have to spread them out a little bit. take it and Because that's where you beat this Buccaneers team. That's how you beat this Buccaneers team. You have to throw the ball on. That's their weakness. Weakness of that defense is their secondary. Um, I do believe we have the talent at the skill positions to beat them. And Michael Thomas, um, as you've seen, who had 57 yards and two touchdowns in the fourth quarter uh, last week. Uh, Chris Olave, who's looking pretty good, who's still looking pretty good as a rookie, um, should be able to take advantage of of the coverage that's going to be thrown this way with Jarvis Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara receiving the the most of it. I can tell you, I think the Saints are going to get a lot of coverage this week just because I don't think uh, the difference between last year and this year is the Saints actually have weapons. And Michael Thomas, you're not going to be able to double Michael Thomas because we have Jarvis Landry. Well, you know what I'm saying? And, and you see what Jarvis Landry was able to do. Uh, and then if you take him, you see the the... The rookie, Chris Olave, is more than adequate. Then you also have Alvin Kamara. Not to mention, you know, the, the guy, Jawan Johnson. I actually like him. So the, the Saints have have more than enough weapons with with the arm strength of Jameis Winston. Um, I think the Saints, the Saints are more than capable of taking advantage of the Buccaneers and man and coverage, coverages. So I'm believing... We're going to see some type of zone coverages, which, I mean, I think Jameis is just going to have to uh, get, he's going to have to get in sync with Michael Michael Thomas and his wide receivers, man. Um, that was a problem early on. Uh, if you've seen Michael Thomas slipping on a few routes and Jameis throwing it behind him a little bit, um, I think one of them Jameis did on purpose so Michael Thomas to get his head taken off. But all in all, they definitely going to have to get on the same page. Um, because I, I do believe he's going to have to fit fit the, a lot of balls and tight coverages, uh, zone coverages this week, uh, and be ready to 
be ready to adjust on the fly, man. Uh, but all in all, man, the only thing I'm nervous about with this Saints team and this Saints game moving forward is the offensive line, man. If our offensive line was rock solid uh, and had put up a, a, a good showing in week one, man, y'all already know how I feel because I I, I think the defense is just going to be the defense. The defensive side of the ball is going to be the defensive side of the ball. I, you, I think pretty much everybody knows what to expect from Tom Brady, and I think Tom Brady pretty much knows what to expect from the Saints defense. So I believe it's going to come down to whether or not the Saints can tackle in open space if they can if the defensive line can can come to play as they normally do and and if Jameis Winston can make a make a few good throws make a few good throws and not turn the ball over I think that's what it's going to come down to um I don't even think it actually I don't actually, I don't even believe it actually has anything to do with you know what Tom Brady is going to do because I believe Tom Brady is going to do what he's always done in these uh, games games against the Saints with the Buccaneers. You know, average, average. Um, and when I say average, that don't necessarily mean he play, had a bad game. It just means that he didn't light up the scoreboard. You know, 200, 225 yards, maybe maybe a touchdown or two. Nothing spectacular. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but some would say that he even have gonna have a bad game uh, against the Saints. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, it, it's just all it's all in the game plan, man. I just hope that our our lines, offensive and defensive, uh, don't get off to that sluggish start. Hopefully, uh, last week was just the case that them looking past the Falcons. Uh, to the Buccaneers game. Uh, definitely want to give a shout out before we move any further. Uh, 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 some game, hand out some game balls on the offensive side of the ball. On the offensive side of the ball, first of all, y'all already know game ball go to Jameis Winston. Man, after after that start, man, of getting down to twenty six to ten, your first game being back to to be poised and. I know a lot of people at that point was like, all right, watch, here, here go, pick six. Uh, uh, he about to fumble or he about to do something crazy. And then all he did was lead the team down there three times for scores to come back and win the game, something that had, hasn't been done in what it was, 208 attempts. And, and 208 times out of, out, of, out of all those scenarios, so basically the Saints have been in that scenario, 200 and I believe eight, uh, 210 or whatever it is, they, Whatever it is, they'd have been in that scenario over 200 times, and they'd have lost every single time. Well, Jameis Winston just changed that to one. Um, to be able to do that, man, and and stand in that type of adversity in your first game back under center, uh, is amazing, man. So he gets the game ball. Also, Michael Thomas um, gets the game ball on the offensive side, being prepared in the moment. You know what I'm saying? Didn't have the greatest. Didn't have the greatest first couple of uh, quarters, but when it matters most, you know, he showed why he was the number one wide receiver just a couple of years ago, and he's coming back to take that throne. Uh, on the defensive side, man, I want to shout out Pete Warner. He gets a 
he gets a game ball, man, dude, led the team in, in tackles, um, definitely made a key stop on fourth down uh, when the Falcons was moving, if the if the Falcons were able to pick up that pick up that first that first down, they've been able to run the clock out. Not only did he make the stop, he made the stop for a tackle for a loss. So that was huge. Uh, also, want to shout out, man. I want to shout out Taysom Hill, man. Taysom Hill actually, actually, well, I guess that wouldn't count for that. Paul. So Taysom Hill is going to get a game ball, but not on the defensive side of the ball. On the defense defensive side of the ball, man. Uh, my other game ball goes to, let me see, who else did they thing out there? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, my other game ball goes to uh, Marcus May. Could have had a, could have had a game in the interception. Uh, he played, he played really good for his first game um, back there on special teams. Man, I'm gonna get my game ball to Will Lutz. You feel me? And, and Taysom Hill, who forced that, who forced that holding penalty. Uh, Taysom Hill said, had he not been held, he definitely would have blocked it. I believe him. You know, uh, but Will Lutz definitely came back, uh, made his presence felt in game one. The people that I, I mentioned, man, definitely had their presence and their fingerprints all over this game, man. Had it not been for them, of course, it's a team effort. You know what I'm saying? But had it not been for those performances, uh, I don't think, I don't think. The Saints have a, a shot at winning that game. Also, Jarvis Landry with the clutch, with the clutchness, uh, juice with the clutchness, uh, definitely has to be commended. Um, but man, that's all I got for right now, man. Uh, I want to remind you guys, if you haven't done so already, man, go show your boy some love at the Real Gridiron on Instagram. Go check us out. Follow us. Uh, also. Wherever you get your podcast at, man, you know, we everywhere, you know, from Apple to Google to Spotify to Anchor to Overcast, man, we everywhere. Anywhere that you have podcasts, we that make sure y'all go follow us, subscribe, show us some love, man. Without further ado, you know what I'm saying? We're going to wrap this thing out. Y'all already know. Same time, same place next week. I'm Jay. This is the Gridiron. Deuces.